welcome back to Europe Now from Greece and specifically the picturesque and somewhat windy island of Egina. We're just an hour's boat ride from the capital and it's a place where Athenians love to come to spend a weekend in non-pandemic times, that is. We're here to meet a local who's also a member of the left-wing movement that's shaken up Greek politics over the last decade and now finds itself in the opposition. Welcome to Egina. My name is Telios Kouloglou. I'm a member of the European Parliament for Syriza, which is a member of the European left. Living in the pandemic was uh, easier than uh, in, in the mainland, the, the big cities, because here you have always the possibility uh, to walk around, uh, to go by the sea, swim. Uh, uh, of course, all the restaurants were closed, uh, but people have more freedom. In uh, the big cities, uh, the police uh, had orders uh, to restrict uh, with a very punishable and uh, severe way, mm -hmm. uh, especially the young people. Mm -hmm. Young people uh, were repeatedly beaten. And also the government uh, took advantage of the pandemic to pass laws that would never be passed and accepted uh, during normal time. Were these emergency measures to deal with the health crisis though. This uh, happened in a lot of countries. Uh, using the pretext of the pandemic and the health crisis, uh, there were laws like the labor law uh, that uh, actually um, uh, kind of cancels the eight hour working per day. Another law that has been voted is the, the one that establishes uh, a, co a special corp of police, 1,000 people, uh, for the universities to control uh, the students. In terms of the actual health crisis, it is said that the Greek government did manage at least the first wave quite successfully. Yes, indeed, uh, the Greek government managed uh, successfully the first wave. But then it became so proud of itself, uh, so arrogant, they took no measures for the coming waves. So in the second waves, we, we had a lot of casualties uh, and people died in the corridors of the hospitals because there were no uh, enough beds and uh, respirators. Uh. Well, stay with us, Stelios Kouloglou. We're going to watch a report together now. Uh, the COVID crisis has, of course, shone a light on the fragile state of Greece's healthcare system but also of public services in general in this country. The COVID crisis coming, of course, after a decade of austerity and of bailouts. Our reporter, Luke Brown, has been looking into these issues for us. The Elenico dispensary in the suburbs of Athens. A steady stream of locals come to pick up free medication. Supplied with everything from painkillers to cancer treatment, every month the team serves 500 people who can't afford full health insurance. They don't have enough money to pay for the medicine if they have to pay for the uninsured contribution. That can vary between 5% to 25% of the cost. And for these people who have very low wages, that's too much for them. Dependent solely on public donations, this dispensary was set up a decade ago when Greece's debt crisis hit. Between 2009 and 2013, the Troika-enforced measures pushed Athens to cut spending on healthcare by a third. It's staffed by volunteers like Polyxini, a retired pharmacist. People need this. I don't think it's possible not to take part when there is so much suffering around you. How can you do nothing to help? 
In 2016, the then government of left-wing party Syriza extended basic health coverage to the uninsured and the unemployed, meaning fewer now rely on the dispensary. The pandemic, though, has pushed many back into medical poverty. It was the people in the worst poverty who continued to come during the pandemic, the ones in the worst situation. They had to brave the dangers because they needed the medicine. By distributing this medication in a way, we're helping to prop up the state, but we can't replace the state. The charitable service was founded by cardiologist Georges Fichas after he saw too many Greeks unable to afford medication. A decade on from the austerity era, Vichas is still frustrated by an underfunded and overstretched health system tested to breaking point by the pandemic. What has been done by the government during this whole period of the pandemic is to simply plug the gaps of the health system to prevent it from collapsing completely. Greece has suffered fewer COVID-related deaths per capita than the EU average. The government says 50% of the population should be fully vaccinated by the end of the summer. But the health service is chronically understaffed. 18,000 doctors have emigrated since 2009. The health system staff have gone beyond their physical and psychological limits. The reward that we need is the recruitment of new colleagues, be they doctors or nurses. That will allow us to cope with the pandemic in the best possible conditions for the staff and the patients. After years of belt tightening, the EU's post-COVID recovery plan is a welcome cash injection. Athens wants the 57 billion euro plan to enact major reforms and upgrade digital infrastructure. The government says modernising the health sector is vital to overcome the past decade of underinvestment. The real opportunity that we have here, we will not just change the mind, we're also changing behavior and experiences. In the vaccination program, people got SMS and were guided through the whole process. Uh, we have to make the state work a lot better when they experience it, and this is digitization helps there, people will follow. 1.5 billion euros of the plan has been set aside for healthcare. That's about 10% of total annual health spending, but only a fraction of what's been cut over the past decade of austerity. We're still in Egina, we're still with Teleos Kulouglou. We've come to the small port of Perdica. Uh, Mr Kulouglou, that report we just saw talked about the degradation of public services, not just from COVID, but over many years preceding. Um, your party, Syriza, was in government for a good chunk of that time, 2015 to 19. It had its part to play in this degradation, didn't it? Uh, listen, the, the system, the public health system, uh, has been very much damaged during the economic crisis and the collapse of the Greek economy in 2009-10. When the Syriza came into government, there was no even one euro in the public coffers. Okay, nothing. Uh, so, uh, despite all this, uh, uh, Syriza tried to improve a, a, a little bit the system, and it did that. But the, the new government of New Democracy, they were in favour of pri privatising the, all, all, the, all the system. So in terms of the damage that Covid has added to these years of austerity, how quickly will Greece be able to bounce back from that? It will take some time. Uh, because still this summer we cannot expect uh, millions of uh, tourists uh, 
were coming uh, the last years before the pandemic. And um, unfortunately, Greece's economy is oriented towards uh, tourism. It's obvious now that it's, it's, it's quite dangerous. Stelios Kuluglu, thank you for your time. Finally, let's take you back now to the capital, where we'll speak to a member of the party that was in power in Greece at the time of the Euro crisis. Our meeting place, the National Gardens of Greece in Athens. My name is Eva Kaili. I'm a member of the European Parliament from the Socialists and Democrats. And my party in Greece is PASOK. We are at the opposition. We were really scared. We were under constant, um, trying to deal constantly with uncertainties because nobody knew how long it would last. And our economy had not recovered from a 10-year austerity package that we had to suffer. Um, so I would say Greeks showed huge resilience and hopefully this is the end of it or close to the end of it. Now, the EU's recovery money is on its way to Greece. The Prime Minister Mitsotakis says that this isn't just going to fix COVID-related problems, it's going to change Greece's economy for good. Do you welcome the government's plans? Well, I saw the plan. It's uh, ambitious and uh, I think that we have an opportunity. It seems like a Marshall Plan for the whole Europe to do reforms and to become resilient under the green and digital prism. So we have this opportunity. Uh, but we have until 2026 to manage to do all this transition and uh, we have the tools to do that and I hope we will be successful, but remains to be seen. Looking back to everything that led up to the pandemic, that decade of very difficult times in Greece that started with the debt crisis, the Euro crisis, your PASOK party was in power at the time uh, when those punishing bailouts and austerity conditions were agreed to. Do you believe now that perhaps uh, your party agreed to too harsh conditions? It was actually a very tough period. I realised that I was under constant blackmail to vote new austerity measures all the time without feeling that there was a recipe that could actually work in the end. <clears throat> so at that point, we felt we were cornered. And uh, the difference I feel with this crisis is that we, we realised we're all in this together. And this realisation changed also the way we reacted. And that's why I think now we are more mature as, as Europe to face any challenge ahead. Um, so I'm so sorry we had to go through these times. Uh, the Greeks had a rapid change of their quality of life. Um, and in the end, we were the ones to, to blame, of course, because we had to deal with it. A decade ago, there were so many protests, there were riots. People died in some of them. Uh, is Greece still divided today? I think we overcame these 10 years, um, huge austerity measures, and we realized that uh, there were no easy solutions. So this anti-systemic wave has gone and now people just want to recover. The Greeks uh, are now more resilient and strong. And I think this is one reason that we managed to succeed uh, uh, better in this, uh, in this pandemic.
Well, we'll move on to another massive topic for Greece, something we've already spoken about in the programme, the irregular migration. Uh, Greece, of course, has a frontline role within the European Union on this issue. And we want to zone in on one particular part. There have been a lot of allegations that Greek and other EU states border officials have been involved in uh, so-called illegal pushbacks. Celine Schmidt from our team has been investigating. Greece doesn't participate in the so-called pushbacks. An unequivocal denial from Greece's Minister for Migration and Asylum. But what are these pushbacks? For the European Centre for Constitutional Rights, they're state measures by which refugees and migrants are forced back over a border without any possibility to apply for asylum. On land and at sea, the practice of pushbacks are increasingly receiving media coverage, in part because they can be so violent. In October 2020, German media Spiegel documented six incidents of pushbacks off the Turkish coast. It says Greek coast guards push back boats loaded with refugees en route to the Greek islands in the Aegean. The journalists say Frontex, the EU's border and coast guard agency, were on the scene and did nothing to intervene, a version of events corroborated by the German military deployed in the region in August. Since then, multiple media reports and NGO investigations have looked at similar incidents. The most recent, the Border Violence Monitoring Network's Black Book, 1,500 pages of which 140 are dedicated to Greece. Witness statements, photos, video analysis, geo-localized data, a host of evidence that they say prove the Greek authorities are guilty of practicing pushbacks with the complicity of Frontex. The Greek authorities have rejected out of hand the accusations of maritime pushbacks and they blame Turkey, which they say is encouraging migrants to attempt to reach Europe illegally, such as in March 2020, when Ankara unilaterally opened its border to Greece for migrants. In theory, in principle, we are all against pushbacks. But uh, if it is something organized uh, or something within a strategy of destabilization, uh, then maybe you have to do something about it. Back in 2016, the EU signed its migration pact with Ankara, recognizing Turkey as a safe country. It handed responsibility to deal with illegal immigration to Turkey and keep potential migrants on its territory. That means there are almost no legal routes to reach Europe, and for its critics, the pact is a threat to the right of asylum. It also puts the migrants in the middle of rocky relations between Greece and Turkey. The EU has commissioned two separate internal investigations of Frontex. The conclusions found no evidence of direct or indirect participation by the agency. For left MEP Malin Bjork, that's not enough. If there was a political willingness, we could put in place an independent investigation immediately and we could have, you know, actually a very quick uh, verdict on what is actually happening so that we can, and which is the aim, so that we can stop this. So we can stop the impunity. We are letting Frontex do illegal stuff, we're letting member states do illegal stuff, and we close our eyes. Currently, no serious independent investigation is planned by Greece. The European Parliament is working on its own report into the claims. Its conclusions are due for the summer. Well, we're going to stick with that issue of uh, pushbacks. Eva Kaili, um, we've asked the head of Frontex uh, at France 24 about this issue. He said that there will be more monitoring officers in terms of the Greek government. Uh, they say that Greece respects rule of law. Uh, do you believe there should be investigations? I think what we can do is have better monitoring and I think we should call Turkey to accept to have Frontex um, on their uh, land and sea um, because this would help us um, feel and trust 
that the procedures are take, that are taking place are, are quite legal. With the involvement of Turkey, though, is the EU ultimately trying to like, export responsibility for the migrants? So I think this new uh, package and the decision to have a European strategy on migration we try to have also our uh, responsibilities, so faster procedures, more transparent, to have more solidarity, faster procedures to relocate and return. And also we expand our um, agreements and partnerships with more countries. And we're using new tools like the visa, for example, facilitation, in order to have the illegal ones to be able to return back safely and to be open and be able to protect people that come from war zones, the refugees mainly. And to close off the programme, we've brought you back here to Athens' busy shopping street of Ermu Street. As you can see, the shoppers are coming back, but not the tourists just yet. We will, of course, have to wait and see how the summer of 2021 pans out, not just for Greece, but for the rest of Europe as well. For now, though, it's bye-bye from us. <laughs>